Coming to you from the Morningstar Mission sponsored studio, this is Carl and Crew Mornings. Oh my goodness, I'm laughing. Merry Christmas, everybody, from Merry our Christmas. whole team. Hey, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. You're sounding like you're from the Bronx or something, Better man. Better believe it. Yeah. It's Carl and Crew Mornings wishing you a... Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That's However right. you're spending this morning... I hope you have have a lot of joy in your heart, knowing that our Savior is born. Yeah, big our time. Our Savior has come. Big time. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Rob West normally on in the afternoons, but joining us for Ask the Expert this morning, taking your questions on all things finances. Question that right now we have out there is from someone who's asking about joint accounts. This is a married couple. This is the wife who says, my spouse has lost his job, doesn't put a lot of effort into getting another. I'm working to make ends meet. Going into debt or retirement savings is not an option, but it is for me, but it is for my spouse. So what are your thoughts on having a joint account for those house bills and then two separate accounts for each spouse? Rob, there's a lot that's being unsaid here, but yeah. why don't you give it a shot? That's right. Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, I think the big idea here is God's design for marriage is oneness, and that includes our finances. It's not an area where we can hold out of this oneness idea and design. And so I think prior to marriage, we need to be talking a lot about money. How was money handled growing up? And what's my earliest memories of money? And did we have a lot or a little? And how did that shape how we view money today? And what about giving? And what about the use of debt and long-term savings? And how much is enough for our lifestyle? And all these conversations need to be had because once we marry, we need to put everything together. Yes, assets and liabilities and spending, because if we don't, it's going to foster yours and mine. And that division is just not good. And to your point, Allie, What's underneath this is that the money issue is surfacing a heart level issue, which the money is just symptomatic of what's going on underneath. And so there's a breakdown of trust there that needs to be dealt with. But the answer to that is not to have separate checking accounts, which is going to continue to foster that division. The the big idea here is coming together to say, let's start with our values and our priorities. Let's step back and say, what is it we're trying to accomplish with God's money? And in this difficult season, how do we lean into that, invite God into it and make a plan together? But the answer is not to have two checking accounts. Yeah, right on, Rob. I love that, buddy. From a pastor's perspective, hallelujah. If you'd said anything different, I'd have been bummed out. Way to go. Okay, let's, uh, Rob, let's hit this one. This is common for a lot of folks, especially a lot of our primary listeners. Um, This is an adult child, I'm certain of it, who says, what do I say to my dad who expects me to pay off Parent PLUS loans to him to the tune of 120 k So, Boom Crew, what happens is a parent takes out a loan so the kid can go to college. It's in their name. So the dad's coming back going, help me pay this off. But I have my own loans to the tune of $206,000. Uh, he won't work with me. The question is this. Do I pay off my dad's loans for him as I feel it's the Christian thing to do or let him kind of suffer until he puts some work into communicating with me? This is, this is sad yeah. because money's gotten between father and son or daughter here. Well, it has. And this is why the Bible, in my view, speaks so plainly against co-signing. You know, when we get into a lender uh, 
borrower situation, it changes the relationship. Is totally. reading God's word. The Bible is very clear. Do not co-sign because you're going to bring money into that relationship and it's going to completely change it and could even, uh, you know, destroy it. And that's obviously the potential of what's going on here. Rob, quick question, quick question on that, Rob. Wouldn't you say it's okay to co-sign if you've already signed off in your heart, I might eat this whole enchilada and I'm okay. Is that fair or no? Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Ready, willing, and able to, to step in and, and cover it. Here's okay. the reality, Carl. The FTC tells us 50% of people that co-sign will end up having to step in okay. and make the payment or have their credit destroyed. So if you go into it knowing I'm going to make, I'm going to help here and I'm willing to make the gift and check your heart and make sure you're good with that, because if you you're saying that verbally, but you don't really believe that in your heart, it's still going to damage the relationship. But if you're ready to step in and make that a complete gift, then I think that's a different situation. Okay. But so what yeah. was going on here, you know, I think, first of all, we recognize we, we shouldn't have done that. Second of all, there needs to be open communication on the front end. You know, parents, especially in this area of college, you know, communicate with your kids. So husband and wife sit down and say, what are we going to do for college? How much can we afford where it's not going to destroy our own financial lives in retirement? Because there are other ways to pay for college, scholarships and grants and work study and the like. But sit down with your kids and say, here's what we have available. Now let them go check the cost of attendance on the website of the school they want to go to, figure out how much it's going to cost and figure out how much gap there's going to be so they can plan for that early. Let's not keep this a mystery only for the kids to find out they have all these student loans that they're now responsible for in the back end. Now, it, they've got two. They've got three hundred thirty thousand dollars in debt here. Well, that's a big problem because you got to have a pretty big salary in order to cover that. Uh, so, where do we go from here with dad? Well, I think there's got to be a conversation just to say, Dad, you know, let's back up and talk about what was the intent here and what was communicated and who was going to handle what. And I've got my own 200000 and you've got 130 and how are we going to move forward together right. based on what happened here? We've got to have a conversation in love that's open and honest and develop a plan and a path forward. And then at the end of the day, based on the outcome of that, you've got to decide are you going to let the finances trump the relationship or the relationship trump the finances as you create your path forward. Good word. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Uh, Rob, I'm going to do this live on air because I had no reason to doubt this guy. I brought to you a man that had about four grand in debt of of his debt. 4,000 of it was it. Ready for this, Allie? 27.6%. Oh, wow. Ouch. Wow. Which, by the way, ought to be picking outlawed somehow, Rob. I don't know how we do that, but that's insane. I know people are... We can be knuckleheads enough to sign up for it, but man, we just, there's, there's, there's so much going on in the psyche of a person that does that, that we don't know what's happening, yeah. you know? Anyway, so they got yeah. their, they got their tookie and a squisher with that one. And I came to Rob West when he was in town. I said, Rob, I want to help this guy. And he said, have them call. And you gave me the guy that you, that you partner with. What's the name of that outfit? Christian Credit Counselors. Okay. Christian Credit Counselors. No joking, this kid was utterly astonished. He comes back to me and he says, because of my credit score, they're taking that whole debt at 2% and change. Mm. Rob West. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, you know, that's my preferred way. And actually, that's the number. So if you have less than 4000 in credit card debt, and this is nothing magic about that. It's just my experience over the years. That's kind of the threshold. If you have less than that, you should just snowball it. What does that mean? Well, just limit your spending, create margin, line up the debts largest to smallest, pay all the minimums, but let's go after the smallest one with every extra dollar a month until it's paid off. That psychological boost of tearing that one up is going to keep you going and you just move right down the line. But when you get beyond 4,000, especially at those interest rates, and that's not uncommon now with rates climbing, the Fed just raised rates another three quarters of a point yesterday. That means credit card variable interest rates are headed even higher. That's right. Um, And that's, yeah, that's where a, a credit counseling program works, not debt consolidation. We're not taking out a new loan and trying to spread this thing out over a longer period of time. And, you know, then only the, the credit card debt's going to come back because we don't solve the problem. This is where we leave the debts right where they are. But through credit counseling, the interest rates drop. And that's what your friend experienced, Carl. Yeah. And you pay one monthly payment at a much lower interest rate. And on average, uh, you'll pay back 80% faster. And hundreds and hundreds of our listeners have done it. And it's very, very. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Well, the question out there right now, what do I do to get out of a timeshare? Let's tackle this one uh, right now. Rob, go ahead. This one should be a quick answer. How do you get out of a timeshare? And a lot of times people yeah, sound so really good. You get easy. hooked in. And then what do you do oh, to get no. out? Is it easy? It's it's really easy. You just don't get into one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Rob. I'm sorry. No, uh, let me tell you, I get, a, I mean, I could lo- line up every show every day with questions on how do I get out of a timeshare, which should be a warning to everybody else who's considering a timeshare. Don't get into you it. You will regret it. Hmm. No, unfortunately, and, and I don't mean to make light of it because it, it is, uh, it's frustrating, especially if, if you can't afford the maintenance fees or you're just not using it. You're feeling like, you know, I'm not being the good steward of this money. I get it. Uh, it's, it is difficult though. Unfortunately, uh, even through, though my friend Dave Ramsey has a particular company he endorses, I've never found uh, an organization, even though many of them promise they'll help you unwind these, I've never found one that I could feel good about recommending. So what do you do? Well, uh, number one is there's a, a users group online at tug2.com. That's T-U-G. It stands for Timeshare Users Group, tug, and then the number two.com. You can post them there for sale, um, you know, or exchange or to give it away. So I would check that out. I'd certainly go back to the the organization you bought it from, see if they'd be willing to take it. Uh, You can gift it, although somebody would have to be willing to pick up the maintenance maintenance fees. Yeah, it's oh, a killer. My, yeah, uh, because sometimes can, these sites where you've got these timeshares aren't even accessible for tourists anymore, Rob. I mean, let's get real that's here. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So it's challenging. Stay at it. Try to give it away. Gift it. Whatever you can uh, just to get out from under it. But it's not going to be easy, and I hate that for you. Okay. So, Rob, coming up, we got someone here that's wondering, should I do the prepaid funeral thingy? Is it a wise decision? I'm worried about rising costs, and they're probably also worried about leaving that heavy yoke on a kid's shoulder. We'll get that question answered straight ahead. Don't just keep it to yourself. Give what you've heard to a friend with the Carlin Crew Showcast. Just go to carlincrew.org. 
All right, we got Rob Weston with us. It is Ask the Expert Week. Today, we're talking all things finances. This guy is a wealth of information. Let's talk prepaid funerals. We got a question saying, I'm concerned about rising costs of funerals. Would it be wise to lock into a plan now for a prepaid funeral? Yeah, you know, I'm not a huge fan of this. I mean, one of the pros to this idea, Ali, is that you do lock in the price. So uh, funeral inflation, if you will, is, runs between 6 and 7%. So obviously you're locking that in. You've I'm sorry for laughing. Reserved. This is a there's funny, no, <laughs> this is a funny discussion. There's, there's no second guessing uh, this decision for your family already at a difficult time. So all that's done, and I like that. The downside is the funds are tied up. Funeral homes do go out of business interestingly, and you can't change your mind. So I think what's most important is pre-planning so that your family has all those decisions made. And you could absolutely put the money away. I mean, if you put, you know, 10 grand in a good investment at age 40, by the time you're 70, you could bury King Tut if you wanted to. (laughs) But here's the thing, you'd have access to the money along the way. Uh, And I'd much prefer that option. That's fantastic. We got another question here, Allie? Yeah. I want to contribute to my Roth IRA using dollar cost averaging. What is the best strategy? Monthly, twice monthly? Is there a best time if I do it monthly? Yeah, there really isn't because you'd have to know where the market's going to be in any given month. But the idea is systematic investments, dollar cost averaging works. So for the benefit of our audience, what is dollar cost averaging? Well, that just means that we don't know whether the market's going up or down on any given day. So it'd be better just to be systematic because we're buying it at all points. When the market's down, we're buying at a discount. We're getting more shares for the same investment. And when we do that over time, we systematically move into the market and we take advantage of the long-term rising trends of the market, which despite the last you know, nine months is generally positive. So I, I think that's absolutely the way to do it. I like monthly because it's simple. There's really no benefit to doing it twice a month, but I wouldn't do it annually unless you're going to do it at the beginning of the year just to get it working for you all year. I think a monthly building it right into your budget is the way to go. Uh, is there too much volatility in cryptocurrency or should I get into this market? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't touch it. You know, crypto is here to stay. The blockchain technology with a decentralized computer system in this age of mistrust against centralized anything is not going anywhere in the area of finance and healthcare. And there's a whole host of other applications. But as an investment, way too early. I mean, to think uh, .com at the beginning of the .com. Yeah. I mean, 70% of those companies went away. We're going to see a lot more of these completely fail. Some of them already have. Uh, we're going to see more regulation coming in because the, the central banks of the world don't want uh, you know this type of competition, and they don't want people right. you know working outside the system. The banks don't either, and so as a result of the regulation, some of the uh, um, you know fraud that's been involved in this space. Not to mention the fact that a lot of these are going to go away. I wouldn't touch it. Bottom line is, uh, if you can't explain it to your mom, don't invest it. Find us on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. It's Ask the Experts Week. This has been an amazing week. It has. Today we've got Rob West as we're talking finances. 
Rob, how do I know when I'm putting too much money into an older vehicle? You know, the rule of thumb here is if the repair is more than 50% of the value of the car, uh, then you don't want to do it. And that's just a rule of thumb. So you've got to weigh against that. What's the condition of the car and how important is this car to get you to work? And, you know, do you have an alternative and all of those things? But that's at least a starting point. I would check Edmunds.com or KBB.com, find out what the value is and make sure that what you're putting into it, you can get out of it. Now, I like the idea of keeping cars a long time. The last minivan we turned in, and that's what you have to do when you have 250,000 miles on it, it had just that. And so I like to drive them till the wheels fall off, but uh, that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Uh, Quick question on that one. Used car prices have gone up exponentially. Uh, When If you're selling a used car, how do you make sure that you're actually selling it at at actual value and not undervaluing it? Yeah. Well, and I think that's where these sites can really be helpful because they've kept up oh, with they've kept rising up with okay. costs. Yeah. Okay. So they're using you know recent sales to come up with their values. Got it. I would definitely be looking at the private sale value, not the trade value or anything else. Uh, but they have kept up, so that'll still be a good resource. Okay. This is a tough one to ask, but this is for a lot of people. How do I start to prepare for retirement? I'm 69 years old. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. What do you say? Well. The, The most important thing you can do is really just try to limit your lifestyle, which includes trying to pay off as much debt as you can. You know, the quicker you can get out from under that mortgage and get out from under any kind of debt whatsoever is just going to bring your overall spending down. And that's really the key when you are ill prepared in terms of retirement savings. So we want to live as modestly as possible. And therefore, we need less income from whatever sources. We want to try to delay Social Security as long as we can, which means we're continuing to work, perhaps beyond the age we expected, because every year we wait beyond full retirement age up to age 70, that check's going to increase by 8% a year, and that could make up the difference in what you really need. It could also mean that you're continuing to work, perhaps even part-time, in retirement. Uh, so I think all of these things combined with you know whatever savings or margin you have, just continuing to sock that away, even at 69. But when you get to that point, it's really all about a modest lifestyle, keeping expenses down, and perhaps working longer than you expected. We've got Rob West with us this morning. Coming up, let's tackle this one. This came in from a pastor. Says, is there any reason I should not use the housing credit? Currently, I'm saving taxes, but not being helped toward Social Security. One year, my tax guy labeled it self-employment, and I paid self-employment tax on the housing income. I hear various pastors on both sides of using this benefit, whether to use the housing credit or not. Coming up, we'll ask that question to Rob West. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, questions. To use or not to use that housing credit available to pastors. What do you say, Rob? I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And you would take full advantage of that opportunity to have that excluded from your uh, taxable income. I think the key is whether or not you're considered self-employed or W-2 and whether or not you're opting out of Social Security. But that's a separate issue. And I like the housing allowance. Excellent. Uh, Another one here. I just turned 69, Rob. And I am semi-retired. I still have 100K in outstanding student loans. My take-home monthly is about 4K. How should I attack this? 
Well, it's challenging, and I think you just have to recognize this $100,000 in student loans isn't going anywhere, so we're just going to need to keep that current, keep paying on it as you can, keep your lifestyle as low as possible so you can live within your means on that 4000 that you have. If these are federal loans, there are income-based uh, repayment options available to bring that payment down to something that fits into your budget so you can keep it current. That's the way to go. Yeah, that IDR angle is important, and you need to explore that for sure. Okay, let's keep cooking here, Allie. Okay, want to grab a question that came in by text message. Any downside to the new I-bond rage? No, I don't think so, as long as it's the right time horizon on the money. So I've got a lot of calls from people saying, I'm going to pull out of my uh, IRA and stick it into the I-bond, especially last month when it was paying 9.62%. As of November, moving forward for the next six months, it's down to 6.8, which is still very attractive, given that it's completely safe. It's government-backed money, so there's really no safety issue, and 6.8% is still a very good rate for the next six months, but not if it's money that has a time horizon five years plus. I'd rather be in a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio, but between one and five years, if that's my time horizon, then why not get 6.8 instead of 3.5 in a savings account with complete safety backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government? Yeah, that's that sounds like wisdom. Okay, another one. We're going to keep firing them at you here. Good morning. My husband's plan is to collect Social Security benefit at age 22. That's the first available. Is that right, Rob? 62? 62? Is that uh, yes, right? it is. So okay. You're going to take about a 30% haircut on that from Oof. your full retirement age. But yes, it is available. OK, so the rest of the question is, and he still plans to work a part time or some gig on the side. Is it logical and is it prudent? What do you say, Rob? Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, your benefits will be reduced uh, a dollar for every $2 over the limit, um, but you'll get that back at full retirement age through a higher check over time until it's fully repaid. So any amount that your benefits are reduced further, keep in mind, when you take it at 62, you're locking in that roughly 30% reduction for life. So that's locked in. And then it's going to be reduced further when you work uh, over a certain amount. Out, you're going to have that benefit reduced further. But again, at full retirement age and beyond, that begins to come back to you until the IRS fully repays it. Keep up with the team on social media. Just search Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook or Instagram. It's Carlin Crew Mornings here. Ask the Expert Week this week. Today, Rob West. I love this man. We're asking Rob a couple of these. If I have asked Rob to settle a dispute between a husband and wife, this one is, do we take an inheritance that's coming our way to pay off debt or do we invest in our retirement? Rob, what do you say? Well, it depends. <laughs> and here's what it depends on. Have you solved the problem that got you into debt in the first place? Ooh. Because the last thing I'd want you to do is just come in and wipe out this debt as badly as I would like for that to be gone. And have you call me back or text into Carl and Allie six months or a year from now and say, guess what? The inheritance is gone. The debt's back. Wow. So we've got to do the hard work to right size our lifestyle. If we've had lifestyle creep and we're living beyond our means, and that means we're taking a little bit every month and putting it on the credit cards. We've got to solve that. So I want really six months of you living on a budget, balanced with some margin, attacking that debt on your own. Now, once that's resolved, then absolutely, there's a no-brainer there. You're not going to get 
27% in the stock market guaranteed, which is what you're going to get when you pay off that credit card debt or whatever that uh, that rate is. So I would absolutely wipe out the credit card debt. As to the mortgage, I want you to have that paid off by the time you retire at a minimum, because that's going to reduce your biggest expense and bring your lifestyle spending down in retirement. If you can pay it off earlier, great. I'm not one of those that say, you know, let's never pay off the house. Absolutely. If you can get debt free, let's do it. And that's just going to give you more freedom to respond to whatever the Lord calls you to do. But if you're perhaps somewhat behind on your long-term savings, I like the idea of paying off the credit card debt, uh, making sure you're on track to pay off the house by retirement, and then investing the balance. Rob West, our guest right now, ask the expert, get your question in here, and we're going to pitch him as many as we can here this morning. This guy's on fire here. Rob, got a general question, has not been asked yet, but I've had it asked of me many times, and it's heartbreaking. There are people out there that are retirement age that hear about this 30% return on this return on investment, and they go, wow, we got to go get our money over there, only to find out they've been bilked ripped off blind. I've got I've got friends in this city that have lost some upwards of 140k on a gig like this. How do you avoid getting into a bad investment? Yeah. Well, I think the first uh, key is what I said earlier, and that is if you can't explain it, don't invest in it. And that's going to automatically eliminate probably 75% of these. And then the second one is if you don't have spousal unity, don't invest in it. That's going to take care of the other 24%. So (laughs) now we're down to 1% of these left that your wife or husband's on board with, and you can explain it to your mom. Uh, Then we go back to the Bible, which uh, is pretty clear. Proverbs 28, 19, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. There's this idea in God's word around steady plotting, and uh, that's what we need to be focused right on. on. So uh, I think so much of this will be avoided if we apply those big that ideas. Is so good, Rob West. That's why we love you. Let's get a couple more in here. Uh, if you've gotten into yourself into a bad financial situation, is it okay to go with a turbo debt or some other debt relief? Yeah, again, I think the big idea here with debt repayment is first, uh, you know, let's uh, make sure we've solved the problem that got us into debt in the first place. And that's always going to go back to that spending plan. There's no shortcut around that. Number two is I don't like uh, paying off debt with new debt. Because that's oftentimes, even though the interest rate's going to come down, it takes the pressure off. And now I just feel like, okay, I can take a deep breath, which is not a bad thing, but then I don't change my habits. And so I've got that consolidation loan six months later, the debt's back. So I think that's why we've got to do the hard work. And that's why I like credit counseling as the best option Mm. to keep that debt where it is. One systematic monthly payment with lower interest rates, which is going to help you pay it off 80% faster. My friends at uh, Christian Credit Counseling. Counselors.org have worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of our MoneyWise listeners, and uh, they are wonderful. Let me tell you, they are wonderful. I put someone onto them. The response, the the report back that I got, it was mind-boggling. So That's get great. get a hold of these guys. Christian Credit Counselors. Dot is org. Dot org. Christian Credit Counselors. org. Whether it's number one or one hundred, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Couple questions for my friend Carl. Do you own any of these items? Oh boy, here we go. I'm Do you hit own cold. any mm-hmm. sharpies? Is your <laughs> sharpie collection in good shape? Oh yeah. Dry erase markers. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Lip boards. 
Oh, where are we going here? Oh, I know. So far, I'm I yes know. all the way are down. Are you yes on the clipboard? Yes. What about whistles? Whistles? I have two whistles. Well, really? Okay, you're going to need more. Carl, if you're going to be a coach, oh, these are oh, the common oh, things. Oh, oh, Needs. I am married to a coach. Yes, you so are. We have so many clipboards, so many great. whistles. I find my son with dry erase markers drawing up plays before he goes to bed. A coach needs supplies. Does he really? He does. That's my son so is a coach's cool. kid who draws up plays to oh. relax before bed. That if is, you're going to be that. a coach, you got to have the coach's arsenal. I think I've got what I need here, but I might need a couple more whistles. <laughs> whistles. Carl's going to be doing some coaching, and it's available to you in the new year. He's not coaching a sport. He's coaching in something more important. Coaching, what would you call this? Coaching through what? You know, that's very interesting. I would say this is coaching people in the art of learning to stay in the power band with God so that things that have been kicking our tail for years, you know, coaches, this is, I'm, I'm pumped that you're talking about this because a good coach helps people actually break bad habits, yep. whether it's as a team or as individuals, mm -hmm. break bad habits, get good habits. A coach doesn't teach people to win nope. necessarily. No. A coach teaches people to have good habits yeah. that lead to wins. Mm -hmm. This is such a good metaphor here. Man, <laughs> glad you went after it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, my goal is to help point people back to God so that they can tap into his power, get victory over stuff, bad habits, quite frankly. And a lot of you set resolutions when you come into the new year. I'm going to save you some time. Don't do it. Uh, classic resolutions as we know it are deadly. And you might say, if you're astute going, hold it, didn't you write the seven resolutions? <laughs> uh -huh. um, but those are agreements with God that you're going to tap into his power and that you're agreeing that, God, I'm surrendering this area of my life to you so that we can get something course corrected here. Mm -hmm. And boy, the upside potential is huge. So the book, of The Seven Resolutions, it comes out of that. It's going to be customized coaching that's going to be available for a small group of people. There's two webinars that will get you the information so you can decide, hey, is this for me or not? Do I want to sign on for this? Uh, they're going to be on December 29th, which is a Thursday night, and December 30th. 31st. 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 Saturday which is a morning. Saturday morning. So if you want the details on that, you can check out the coaching options. Just text the word seven to 312-274-9624. Be a part of one of the webinars. You'll get the details you need. Just text the word seven, S-E-V-E-N, spell it out to 312-274-9624. Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Dr. Mark Job joining us right now, 10th president of the Moody Bible Institute, also host of Bold Steps, which you hear weekdays at one o'clock right here on Moody Radio. You know, Mark, we've talked about this kind of offline a couple of times, but we live in a culture today that it's like Christ followers can go this way or that. It's kind of the why in the road. We see a post-Christian culture. We see morality slippage in ways that are, it's astonishing. But it's like some are heading to the Midwest kind of bunker syndrome. Some are saying, no, let's get to the front lines. What do you say, Mark? Yeah, we have not seen this much acceleration in change and division probably in our lifetime. No, I think you're right. And Not and even I close, Mark, right? No, not even no, close. no. I mean, I, I people deconstructing their Christianity, people that are just really struggling with their faith and determining whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. I, I believe we're in a battle for the soul of our nation. Yeah. And I believe that more than ever before, we have to 
refocus on re-evangelizing our country, especially uh, Generation Alpha. That's the, some people are saying it's the first post-Christian generation in this nation. And then we also need to continue to accelerate our focus on the nations. You know, some people, when when we see the world going like it's going, uh, there's uh, a lot of chaos, war in Europe, inflation, recession, political tension mounting, a lot of fear. Some people want to run to the mountains of Montana, build a bunker, fill it with water, (laughs) get some cans of food, and just hunker down to the rapture. And I get that feeling that you may have, but that is opposite of what God has called us to do. Actually, this is a time to pull out the light, to be salt in this generation, to be more bold, audacious, gracious, gracious, loving, intentional about the gospel than ever before. Dr. Job says we move towards the uh, calendar year end. What is Moody Radio's role in all of what you just described? So, yeah, we're in the end of the year 2022. And December is an important year for Moody Radio because like many ministries, this is a very, very important uh, month financially. A lot of people give year end gifts And this is one of our our larger months, and we really depend on it to finish our calendar year well and enter into the next year well as well. So I want to challenge you, if you've been thinking about a year-end gift and God has been uh, putting on your heart to give somewhere, you know, I like to tell people, if you've been listening to 30 years to Moody Radio and you've been encouraged and it's blessed you and you've grown and you've never given a penny, we're glad you're listening. And I'm glad it's ministered to your heart and keep growing in Jesus. So I never want you to feel guilty for not giving. However, we operate, this is a big operation. Moody Radio is not a mom and pop shop. No, Seriously. You're right about that. This is not just, you know, two people behind a mic. I mean, we have uh, staff all around the country. We have towers and offices and radio stations and engineers. We've been doing this for a hundred years. We're the largest nonstop broadcasting Christian radio station, from what I understand, in the nation. And we're expanding more and more internationally. Starting in January, we'll be broadcasting to all of Nigeria, to Singapore and Malawi. That has the capacity of 200 million listeners. So we are accelerating, but we need your help. We need your help. And this is an important time of the year to give. And so if you've been thinking about giving, we would ask you to give before the end of the calendar year. In other words, before December 31st, it's important that your gift would come in at that time. Boom Crew, we know that you are unique in that if there are retreaters and they're take the hillers, you're a take the hiller. That's what you are. That's what you are, Boom Crew. And we love you for it. Your generosity is off the chain. And yet, your end is coming. I know you're busy. But if you could take some time right now to go to the phone or go online, let me give you two portals that you can give. 800-600-9624. That's the phone number. 800-600-9624. But we can also have you go to the good old Carl and Crew website. Yep, carlandcrew.org. Go to carlandcrew.org if you want to make a year-end gift. Again, that number, 800-600-9624 or carlandcrew.org. Mark, thank you, my friend, for being with us. And this is right on because this, this isn't about keeping a station going. This is about keeping the gospel on the front lines of a culture that's in decline. And we 
carry the hope, the message for the hope of our nation and for our city, Mark. Absolutely. And let me just say this. What I love about the Boom Crew program in the morning, Carl and Crew, is that I hear the gospel intertwined over and over in this programming. And so I know that there are so many people that listen that would echo what I say. Thank you for continuing to weave the gospel into the gospel stories and the gospel message into this over and over. And, you know, some of the listeners know, hey, this team gets up early in the morning, and I'm sure there's days, Allie, where you don't feel like being an encouragement. (laughs) Um, But but you do it anyways, and you minister and you encourage people. So on behalf of a lot of people at the end of the year, you'll hear an applause coming out like this. So thank you again for what you do. And those of you that are listening to this morning program, this is a great time to support this program and this radio station. Good word. All right, Boom Crew, 800-600-9624. As the Spirit of God leads you, make a move. 800-600-9624 or online. At carlandcrew.org. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.